Hey, this is Kevin Kelly, and you are listening to the Stardom Cast. This is Jesse from Club Venus from Stardom, and you're watching Stardom Cast. Welcome to uh, the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring. Stardom, I'm your host, Rob Gooding. I'm joined, as ever, for for the first time in what seems like forever on the actual correct day, Mr. Matt Turner. Matt, it's Wednesday and we're actually recording. Yeah, you're actually right. Uh, I just realized that it's, I think, the first time in a few weeks we've actually recorded on a Wednesday just because there was no shows that dropped last week. And the week before was uh, Dream Queendom. So you're right. It feels nice to be back in the groove. And Rob, since we're back in the groove, is it okay with you if I start the shot with a little funny story, sir? I would love nothing more, Mr. Matt. <laughs> so last night, I'm sitting on my couch and I'm doing my uh, EO and Kyrie watch. And my lovely wife is in the other room on a Zoom meeting for church. And obviously, I can't hear the other people what they're saying, but I can hear what she's saying because she has her headphones in. And she says these words, Rob Goodwin. I want to congratulate our new vice president of the church, Dave Taylor. Now, I'm oh. sure you're, I'm sure you and anybody else that's been a wrestling fan for over 20 years understood where my mind went. I'm like, oh my goodness, is the new vice president of our church, Squire Dave Taylor, Taylor <laughs> the Blue Blood, <laughs> William Regal's former tag partner? Now, obviously, I understand Dave and Taylor is a very common name especially over here on the where I live in Pennsylvania. However, Rob, I will find out on Wednesday if I'm when I go to take my communion, my weekly communion, if there's European uppercuts being thrown and everybody's getting launched <laughs> with double arm suplexes. So I will I will keep everybody uh, up to date on if uh, if indeed the blue blood himself Squire Dave Taylor is the vice president of our church. Oh, it would it would be incredible. I imagine more people would attend church if some sort of pro wrestler was there. And to be honest, wait a I, minute. I can actually. Wait a minute. <laughs> I can I, I can see how this is playing out. And Steve over at Patreon, I can almost read the storyline that he is typing furiously as he's listening to this about the uh, the communion giving pro wrestler. But apart from that, my friend, how are you? How has your weekend been? What have you been up to? I'm great, my man. It is cold. It is cold out. When I left for the gym this morning, it was 10 degrees, which um, for a fair, if, you know, if you're doing the, uh, the, the non-metric system, 32 degrees is freezing. So it was 22 degrees colder than freezing. So it is cold. We just uh, got over a snowstorm. Uh, just yesterday, and then supposedly we have another one coming this weekend. So we really haven't had too much snow over the past two years. We really lucked out for usually how much snow this area does get, uh, you know, during snow season. So, again, we just had one now, and uh, we got another one coming in 
uh, supposedly this weekend. So we shall see. I, I do have to ask you this question, sir, since we're talking about the weather. Are the weathermen in England as wrong as they are over here in Pennsylvania? Because they are wrong like 90% of the time, and somehow they still keep their jobs. Yeah, I, I've never known anything be such a whole heap of guesswork. Um, and yet we still put so much faith in these people. Um, there's a famous story uh, from, at least in England anyway, um, and we don't typically get extreme weather. We don't typically get earthquakes or hurricanes or tornadoes or anything like that. Um, we're very lucky in that regard. But I remember, well, I don't, my dad does. It was, I think it was the early 90s. And uh, we had one weatherman. His name was Michael Fish. Bit of a bit of a weather legend. And uh, he went out national television and there been rumors circulating that we were going to get a tornado. And Michael Fish came out national television and said, I can promise you that there is no tornado coming to England. Sure enough, a tornado ripped through Manchester and did a whole heap of damage. He looked very, very silly. But yes, weathermen and weatherwomen are pretty notorious for just loads and loads of guesswork. We've had snow as well. It's absolutely freezing here in England, um, which, you know, it, it tends to be cold and miserable in England, but it is properly bitter today. And I've got a lovely football match in the snow. So I've got about 14 layers I'm going to be wearing um, and it's going to be really cool just standing, watching my breath crystallize in front of my face as a young teenager shoots past me. Um, and I can't do anything but lock him in a rear naked choke, which I yeah, am 100% yeah. going to do. Um, now, remember, when you lock that in, buddy, remember, and nobody can see this because literally I'm in, in my car doing this podcast, remember that you have to get your cutting, what they call cutting bone number three, which is our cutting bone number one, which is your thumb, you know, your your, your hacksaw Jim Duggan ho thing. Um, <laughs> that you want to get that up, buddy. You want to get that cutting bone. If you if you feel on underneath your thumb, there's a bone that almost sticks out of your hand. That's what they call cutting bone number one. You want to get that into his throat as deep as possible and then push down on his head. So right. there's your there, there's your tip for from your uncle MT today for everybody for everybody a free tip on how to choke somebody out. I love the fact that you're just advocating violence against someone for having the audacity to just be younger than me. Um, uh, but how yes. dare they? Yeah. How, dare, how they? dare your parents wait until they were older <laughs> to conceive you? Who do they think they are? Um, but yes, I must admit, I am not in any way looking forward to it. But there we are. There we are, though. That is the hand we have been dealt. Um, it's probably colder in Philadelphia. You're not moaning, so therefore I shouldn't moan either and do you know what else we shouldn't be moaning about matt stardom right now because stardom is on a little bit of a roll an o'connor roll if you please <laughs> um so before we kick into anything that we are going to be talking about which of course we're going to be talking about the show from anjo which was the 8th of january we're also going to be talking the first of the shows from Osaka, the day show, which had the two prelude tags on it. And we're also going to be talking a little bit about Julia's match with Tris Adora at the Battle in the Valley show from this last Saturday. Um, we've also got a whole heap of news from a Stardom press conference because what on earth else is new? Um, but before we get into all of that, Matt, what's coming up on the Patreon this week? Patreon, we released our alternate commentary of Mina Shirakawa defending the Wonder of Stardom Championship against one Natsupoi. I had an absolute blast 
doing that with you, my friend. Haven't seen that match in a few months. And uh, really one of the low-key matches of the year that I don't think enough people talk about. And I think we even said it after we got done watching it. Like, wow, this was an absolute blast watching me and Nazi play go at it for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. And uh, that match was very, very violent. And speaking of very, very violent, we also did a watch-along of one of the most dangerous encounters in the history of mankind uh, from Pride back in back in 2002. Don Fry taking on Takayama. And I wanted to wait. Obviously, me and you text a lot, a lot, a lot. We, we talk quite a bit. And I wanted to wait to ask you on the air. Rob, I did mention that after you watched the match and you left your podcast room, that your life would change. Do you feel any different after watching Pride and Takayama for the first time? It's an interesting, it's an interesting uh, sort of discussion we're going to have about this match um, because I do think my entire life has changed because of it. I think you're right. I think, you know, we talk about years in BC and AD, uh, but now it's very much um, BP and uh, AP, which is, of course, before Pride and after Pride, um, which is how I'm going to be measuring my uh, my years from now on, because goodness gracious me, the state of Takayama's face. I remember we did the, um, when we were talking about All-Star Grand Queendom, um, and Tam Nakano had taken such a beating at the hands of Julia that she got welts all over her face and looked, you know, like a different person. And uh, that's nothing. That is nothing to how Takayama's face looks after about 30 seconds. The man looks like someone has gone to town on Play-Doh. He looks an absolute mess. But God almighty, Matt, was it entertaining. I can tell you changed already because you talk about what we call soccer, you call football quite a bit. And this is the first time, and you just mentioned two minutes ago, that you said you're going to choke somebody out. So it seems like that you're more violent now, that Rob. That's that. That's why I can see you're you're cha- you're a changed man, sir. You are a changed man. But uh, also on the Patreon, uh, I released this past weekend my review of a phenomenal, stellar stardom show, All Star Dream Cinderella, that had Tam Nakano and Julia as the main event. That was for the Wonder of Stardom Championship and a hair versus hair match. And then coming up next week, our alternate commentary is the reunion of Thunder Rock as Io Shirai's last stardom match as Mayu Watani and Io Shirai taking on the Uedotai team of Kagetsu and Hazuki. So that's what we released this past week, and that's what's coming up next week. Yeah, and we've got quite... Obviously, things are going to be changing over on patreon.com forward slash stardomcast. It's going to be very Matt-led again, um, and we're going to be sort of rejigging the tiers. That's going to come into effect as of the 1st of February. So January remains unchanged, um, and we'll start rejigging those tiers and hopefully getting everyone the right content. Um, as I mentioned last week, fingers crossed that's all sorted. We're not going to have any issues when we change to... Uh, to that format um uh, let's matt kick into some news then because we've got a whole heap of news even if we've only got two shows to review um we start with the stardom press conference as stardom had their supreme fight press conference yesterday so the 16th of january and we now have the full official card for Stardom Supreme Fight 2024, which is going to be taking place on the 4th of February. We already knew that we were getting Micah versus Saya Kamatani for the World of Stardom Championship and Sioriano making her first title defense against Starlight Kid. But we also have, and this is the entire main 
card. I'm sure there'll be a uh, match on the pre-show. Um, the future of Stardom Championship will be on the line. Rena will be defending her title against Yuzuki in her fifth title defense also just under the radar rena recently became the fourth longest reigning future of stardom champion her reign currently sits at 250 days so a bit of a low-key title reign but doing very very well with it um uh, in a multi-woman tag an eight-woman tag sort of an all-star tag if you will mayu utani utami haishishita nanai tagashi and azumi will be taking on the team of julia suzu suzuki mirai and Yuri and what promises to be a banger. Matt, check your watch, my friend. What time is it? It's only <laughs> Tam time! <laughs> yes, yes, we get to hear Twilight Dream once again. Tam Nakano has confirmed that she will be returning for Stardom Supreme Fight. She and Yuna Mizumori will be teaming together against Club Venus team of Mina Shirakawa and the also returning Waka Tsukiyama. God, I have missed Waka. Um, Waka, coincidentally, will be returning on this Saturday's show um, on the night one of the doubleheader at Takadanababa. So definitely check those two shows out. We're going to be talking about those in a minute. And then, of course, those two aforementioned title matches, Sioriano versus Starlight Kid and Micah versus Saya Kamatani. Matt, how much of this press conference did you watch? Because I feel like we need to talk about the sheer volume of drip on show. Jesus, stardom turned out. Enjoy. You've got Saya Kamatani wearing that absolutely gorgeous red gown. You've got Utami looking like only the most gangster of gangsters. Micah looking like an utter badass. There was some fine, fine gear on show. Yeah, I saw a good majority of it. I was very disappointed by the lack of uh, pies being thrown. No one got put through a table. Mayu didn't set anybody on fire. However, they made up for it just by how fantastic everybody looked. You mentioned Saya Kamatani. She clearly picked out that red dress uh, as something very symbolic towards the red belt. We saw her in the press conferences that she had when she was Wonder of Stardom champion. And very much like Rossi Vice, you know, maybe she's taking a page out of the most uh, well-dressed person in all of wrestling. She would always dress in something white that would coincide for her Wonder of Stardom, the white belt, her challenge defenses. With this, she went right to the red dress, and I was like, whoa, she looked like an absolute star. And if there is an upset that does happen, Coming up on the fourth, we now know what Sayakamatani would look, how how she would look. Excuse me, with the uh, the red belt, the World of Stardom Championship. But uh, yeah, I thought that the press conference was fun again, despite the lack of you know somebody driving through the building with a car or some of the nonsense that usually we see in a Stardom press conference. But obviously, super excited for. Um, we knew what the two main event matches were going to be, but I'm super excited for that all-star tag match. And I'm super excited for the return of one Tam Nakano. Now, real quick, Rob, I just want to kind of take a left turn here just for, just for a second, my friend, because where I see this, this is, could be a huge opportunity for us here on the Stardom cast. Tam made mention she'd probably be returning during Cherry Blossom season, which me and you kind of figured that she would come back at the big show coming up at the end of spring All-Star Grand Queendom. And me and you even kind of fantasy booked. We know that Julia at that time comes uh, late spring, early summer. She'd be making her way out of stardom, probably into WWE. And our kind of thing was 
Well, let's close the book on Ta- on Tam and Julia. Tam's return would be at that show, and Julia's final match would be at that show. Just do Tam and Julia and close the book on that show. However, we're getting the Tam return about two months earlier than we thought, which does mean, Rob Goodwin, there's a very possibility that come Philadelphia, it just may be Tam time, sir. I feel like we may be walking the Tam road the entirety of the time <laughs> in Philadelphia, especially if we see Tam and she wins. Imagine Tam with a belt. Um, I don't think Matt would be able to contain himself. It was also announced that um, uh, uh, other members of the roster, Koguma, Natsupoi, Momokogo, and oh, there was another one, and I feel really bad for missing them out, are going to be at Stardom Supreme Fight. So we are progressively integrating more and more people um, that have been injured for a long time into the Stardom ranks again, which is really, really good news. I'm very, very excited about that. One of my favorite moments of the entire press conference, though, has to be um, the announcement of this multi-woman tag. Uh, Mayu Utani Utami, Nene Tagashi and Azumi versus Julia Suzu Mirai and Suri. Nanai couldn't be at the press conference. Um, unless I'm very much mistaken, she was at the Sariism show. Um, so couldn't be there. So Suri took it upon herself to announce passion because obviously <laughs> we didn't have Nanai Takahashi there. Therefore, Suri took it upon herself to be the passionate one. And there's a great moment where Mayu realizes what is coming before anybody else does. And as soon as Suri says, I will be the passionate one, Mayu covers her ears. Mayu is instantly <laughs> like, this is why I'm the icon. I know what's coming here. And everyone's like, oh, I wonder what. And Suri, one of the loudest people I've ever heard in a stardom ring. Se- second, probably only to Nanai ironically. <laughs> screams the word passion and then says that is all and that was the entire press conference oh, brilliant okay cool um that was really quite fun um i know that we're not going to be talking about um the second show from osaka but there's two things which obviously i do want to talk about the first of which is that we had a new member of stars um that is going to be yuzuki uh yuzuki came forward after their loss two stars on the second night in osaka and said that it was her dream to be a member of stars and basically put herself forward for consideration and they accepted her so yuzuki is the new for lack of a better phrase, Penita in stars. But in all seriousness, she's getting a huge rub already. She's the first rookie to get a actual faction, um, something that Hanako picked out on Twitter. So they're clearly building something there. And she's the first of this new set of rookies to get a future of stardom shot at Rena as well. So we talked about Yuzuki. We talked about the future looking very bright for Yuzuki, but it looks like the present is also looking very bright for Yuzuki, Matt. Yeah, Rob, my two and a half years on this podcast, this is the first time and probably the only time I'll uh, kind of slander stars. This did look like Yuzuki was being courted by Queen's Quest, uh, my all-time favorite faction in stardom, and my, one of my all-time favorite factions ever in wrestling. And I was a little heartbroken when I woke up to the news that she went with uh, the Stars team. And I love the Stars team, don't get me wrong. But I guess she would rather one of those childlike painted jackets 
instead of a full fantastic robe. <laughs> I guess instead of drinking beer with Utami, she wants to be training in the kicking people in the head like Hazuki. But uh, in all seriousness, yeah, you kind of just you when we and we mention on this podcast every week as we watch these rookies, we're kind of like, where do they fit in? Where do they where do they fit in? And Yuzuki was really only two factions. It was going to be either Stars or Queen's Quest. And obviously she's, she's going to be learning under Mayu. No better wrestler in the world really to be learning under other than Mayu, or, or then Mayu, excuse me. And then Hazuki, who I believe is one of the trainers at the dojo, uh, you know she's going to be giving her a lot of tips. Saeed is probably going to teach her how to chop, which I'm perfectly fine with. And uh, so she's got a lot, you know, Han and Momokogo. When Momokogo does come back, I did. She she was uh, she was present at the award show, um, I believe. I think it was a day or two ago. So um, she's going to be learning under some great wrestlers. Not only that, what Stars does better than any faction in Stardom is when they run those double team moves, triple team moves, or quadruple team moves. Mayu does a great job making sure each wrestler is in the proper position at the proper time, and it looks so crisp and so like, wow, how can that even be possible? And she's going to be part of those. So, uh, and again, she's only going to be learning being in the ring tagging with the Mayus, the Hanans, the Momokogos, Kagama, um, you know, Hazuki, etc. So really exciting for her. And considering the fact, Rob, that she got a uh, faction, you mentioned before all the rookies, and before Suzu Suzuki as well. Was, nobody wants Suzu? What's going on there? <laughs> yeah, it's funny because obviously Maysera falls into that category as well. Um, and it's not like there are factions that aren't short of people. I mean, currently, Mina Shirakawa <laughs> sits as the only member of Club Venus. There's only two members of Cosmic Angels as well. So I do wonder if when everyone has returned from injury, if we are going to get an influx of people moving factions. I wonder if we'll see some at this awards weekend or indeed at the pay-per-view as well. It's going to be interesting to see how that all comes about. Um, a little bit of negativity, though. Unfortunately, the title match that we hyped up last week between Aphrodite and Crazy Star that was due to main event the second night in Osaka, uh, that had to be pulled. Um, Suzu Suzuki did not compete on that day due to illness. Um, uh, I believe it's illness as opposed to an injury. Um, uh, and the main event was changed to Utami Hayashishita and Sayakamitani versus Azumi and Mei Seira. So it's very much like having something taken away and something just as good given to you as well. Yes, we might not have got a championship match, but having Suzu Suzuki replaced by Azumi, not necessarily the worst thing in the world, Matt. No, and you know, and I was kind of thinking about this. I saw that they released that. I think it was like the, the day of... I believe, yeah, what well, was the day uh, The day before when they released the, uh, it was Starlight Kid and Momo Watanabe versus Sayoriano and Suzu Suzuki. If you, and I'm just speculating here, if you remember last week, Momo couldn't compete at the Corkin show because she was sick. And and if you watch that match with uh, Black Desire versus Suzu and Sayoriano, uh, Momo and Suzu get very violent to each other. So you wonder if Momo still wasn't 100% you know better i mean sometimes when we're sick we think that we're better and we're not we don't know because we're always pushing our bodies and you wonder if maybe momo passed whatever virus she gave over to suzu it doesn't seem anything major i don't think it's covid it might just be hey she's sick she ran a fever she's not feeling good we live in you know post-covid times better be safe than sorry so maybe that's what happened 
but regardless, considering the fact that we got the uh, the other member of Queen's Quest teaming with the uh, the you know and, and the high speed bomb girl teaming with the current high speed champion. Obviously, I believe that show just got released this morning, so we didn't get a chance to watch it. But we will have our review of uh, not only that match but that show for you next week. But that I told Rob before we got on the air. You know, let's let's turn this into a positive. Obviously, I'm sure that match was great. Tutami and Sayakamatani versus May Sarah and Azumi. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. We know that somewhere down the line, we are getting Aphrodite versus Crazy Star. That's a pay-per-view worthy match. And if it's going to be on pay-per-view, it's a match we're not going to have to wait one or two days to be uploaded to Stardom World. Uh, it's a match that we're going to watch live when it happens on pay-per-view. So um, let's swing it all into the positivity, my friend. And we hope Suzu Suzuki has fully recovered and back into the ring as soon as possible. Absolutely. Um, uh on the back of that, we have the positive that I mentioned earlier. Waka Tsukiyama will be returning to action. Um, she is going to be returning to action on Saturday, um, as I mentioned before, teaming with Mina Shirakawa against the team of Micah and Hanako. It's going to be great to see Waka. It's going to be great for Mina Shirakawa to have something to do rather than just be in undercard throwaway matches, um, especially as this Nanai thing seems to have been put on the back burner for now. I'm sure it's something we will revisit very, very soon, but it's nice to see Club Venus together. Um, I'm just going to whip through, actually, those cards cards that we just mentioned so this weekend the 20th and the 21st of january stardom will be hosting their awards weekend the awards show so a double header at takadano baba i'm no longer scared of saying that word i know i'm getting it wrong but i'm saying it with confidence um my man you've got to man you've got to you've got to but yes so we look at that first card the 20th of the first uh, Megan Bain versus Saki Kashima, Yuna Mizumori, and Lady C. Um, we've got a gauntlet tag with Aphrodite versus Saida and Yuzuki versus Azuma, uh, Azuma, Azumi and Miyu <laughs> Amazaki versus Ruwaka and Rina versus Rani Agami and Sayaka Kurora. We've then got a multi-woman tag, a six-woman tag, Julia, Suzu, Suzuki, and Mei Sakurai versus Natsu Katora, Starlight Kid, and Momo Watanabe. Wakasukiyama's return match, Mina Shirakawa and Wakasukiyama versus Micah and Hanako. And at the top of the card, we've got two title matches, a high-speed title match with Mei Seira making her third title defense against Fukik and Death. Um, and the artist of stardom, titles will be on the line in the main event with Abarembo, Godzai, Siori Mirai and Amisori making their first title defense against the Stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Hanan and Hazuki. So before we get into the card for the 21st, Matt, that is a very, very, very tasty card. And I know people will sleep on Fukin Death and Maysera. And, you know, to a certain extent, you know, you know what you're going to get with Fukin Death. You know, you're going to get the shtick. You know, you're going to get the comedy. However, it is worth noting that when she goes, she can go. And it is worth knowing that Maysayer is one of the more entertaining people on the roster in a comedy way. So this might be something that is a low-key, really, really, really good match, Matt. Yeah, you know what, too, Rob? If you watch the show on the 13th, I know I don't know if you got to all of it. I know you said you were busy and probably can only get to, like, the main matches. They do a great job in that multi-person tag match building up Fuki and Death and Maysayer. Like, literally, I was doing my notes, and they were only in the ring for about two minutes, but it was like, don't blink and, or, or you'll miss it. So I don't think this match is going to go like nine, 10 minutes. It may only go like the, you know, five to seven minutes, but I think it's going to be really, really good. I think it's going to surprise a lot of people because I was like, 
if this is what we're going to get, if this is what we're getting a multi-person match to build towards the championship match, I think this is going to be something really, really good. So uh, I'm actually uh, pretty excited about it. Yeah, I mean, like we've said, we we know we're going to get the shtick. We know we're going to get things like that. But it is worth noting that she has had matches as Fuki Can Death, and it has been good. And after all, you know, who are you to doubt the clown? And obviously, it's May Sarah's turn to because, uh, as we always say, if you need to be, if you want to be the clown, you got to beat the clown, Matt Turner, and that's what May Sarah is going to be doing. That artist of Stardom title match, though, that main event is going to be brilliant i don't see god's eye dropping it after one defense i'd be very very surprised but you know it's going to be an all-out bang and i don't often say this um because time limit draws you know say what you will about them in stardom um but i would not be disappointed if this went 30 minutes no, 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 I don't think it's going to. I think that Han is going to probably eat the pinfall here. But, I mean, we get a little bit of a rematch in what is, you know, the early match of the year candidate with Mayu versus Sherry. Obviously, Sherry versus Suzuki violence. Yes, please. Suzuki and Ami Sori and Mirai. That's going to be great as well. And Hana really mixing it up with the top tier of stardom. You know, we've seen Hana just progress so much over the past year. The past four or five months, Ami Sori's done a great job really positioning herself to an upper mid-card to lower main event level. And obviously, she's in the main event here. Mariah, I thought, had a really, really good solid run with the Wonder of Stardom Championship. So you'll see some really good stuff there with Hanan and Mariah. But I hope it does. You know, if it goes 30 minutes, I got no problem with that. I hope it does go, you know, 20-plus so they get the chance to go kind of, you know, tell their story in this match. But yeah, super excited for it. I mean, Stardom is doing a great job pumping up these quote-unquote house shows. You know, we were supposed to get a tag title match last week. Obviously, that didn't happen with uh, Suzu uh, being sick, but we obviously have loaded, you know, we talked before we went on air, despite these are, you know, this um, including, excuse me, these two title matches, there's some really, really good tasty matches, if you would say, sir coming up on these shows and i think it's a great job for stardom to sell tickets and to sell more subscriptions to stardom world because you might be looking at these cards saying how do i watch this like how can i how do i what's the best way to go about it it's less than seven dollars it's less than two dollars a week you subscribe to stardom world and you can see these matches and so much more so i think it's a brilliant booking on the uh the crux of stardom and in my opinion it really looks like that Rossi's in full control back of the booking, just based on what we've seen from Dream Queendom up until right now. It does certainly appear that way, certainly. Um, uh, we've then got on the 21st, the day after, the card has been released as well. We've got Lady C and Miyawamasaki versus Yuna Mizumori and Sayaka Kurora and Rina and Rana Yagami. So you you did sort of call out that Rani Yagami Oeratai connection. We'll see if there's a little bit of chemistry between her and Rina. Sayaka Karora for me does sort of scream that Cosmic Angels bubblegum vibe. So I'm wondering if that's where they're going with that. Um, uh, Min Shirakawa and Wakasuki Armor versus Yuzuki and Saya Ida. May Sakurai versus Fukik and Death. Um, uh, Suri, Mirai, and Amisori, Aburembo, God's Eye versus Natsukatora, Momo Watanabe, and Ruaka. Uh, Julia, Suzu Suzuki, and May Seira versus Micah, Megan, Bain, and Hanako. And then in your main event, what has been announced today as a 13th anniversary originals tag, which is uh, a little bit of a mouthful, but really quite interesting because 
all eight of these women are stardom born and raised. So you've got Hana, Mayu Iwatani, Sayaka Matani, and Utami Hayashista taking on the team of Azumi, Starlight Kid, Hazuki, and Saki Kashima. Um, uh, that is on its own enough to sell me on this card, but I'm really intrigued to see if this God's Eye versus a Weather Tie match is that going to set up a another artist of stardom title defense later down the road, and also whether we're going to get any movement with rookies in that opening matchup because looking at them as wrestlers, Rani Agami have said about that aggression, and yes, I still think she'd suit God's Eye, but I do think that aggression could bring something to a wedding time could certainly help her and her development. And I think both of us have said that Saka Karora would fit Cosmic Angels down to a T. So there's a lot of interesting little story beats, Matt, in this, uh, on this 21st card, even if there's no title matches. Yeah, and I've actually, once we get into it, I'm going to change my uh, prediction on uh, Sayaka Karora. Again, we'll get into that when we get into the, the matches. Uh, I still believe Bubblegum Vibe. But the other bubblegum uh, faction, if you if you catch my drift, good sir. So uh, again, we'll get into that when we talk about these shows. But yeah, this is there's a lot of interesting factors you're going with the rookies, and I would even say not only is Rana Yugami going to go to a Wedo tie, I think Hanako as well. She's seen very much aggression lately, especially ever since losing uh, to Yuzuki in the finals of the uh, rookie tournament. Very much like pushing. She's been getting to a lot of pushing shoves. Uh, are pushing fights after the bell in these matches with Yuzuki. So you wonder maybe if Rana and um, Hanako are going to go to a Weto tie. And as much as we joke that a Weto tie have like 4,000 members, they have not had a new member. And I could be wrong since Momo Watanabe defected at the end of 2021. I mean, look at not only that, but they lost Saya, uh, 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 Saki, excuse me, Saki Kashima. So I think they may be due for one or two new members. Again, they have not had a new member again i'm looking i'm thinking about the roster through my head rob am i wrong the last time that they had a new member was when momo momo defected i think you might be right i think you might be right matt um so maybe maybe i mean it wouldn't necessarily be a defection obviously you know none of the rookies are currently affiliated um but it's nice to see that we are getting some movement on that and obviously it's only going to help their development as well which is the main thing Someone, however, who is not going to be around after the Stardom Awards show will be Megan Bain, uh, per Rossi Ogawa and reported by our good friend, Mr. Scotty Wrestling. Um, uh, it will be her final weekend, her final match, of course, being that six-woman tag, Julia, Suzu and May versus her, Micah and Hanako. So uh, how would you summarize, Matt, Megan Bain's run with the company because when she made her debut um just before stardom x stardom it was very much a case of i don't know who this person is and i'm not overly enthused by it however i will be the first person to say that she's completely turned me around on her i didn't know how we would get that dominant monster in stardom um i didn't know how it would work i didn't know if the moment Tam pinned a clean that her entire run was done. However, the partnership with Divine Kingdom, the brilliant partnership between her, Sarah and Suzu Suzuki has not only 
offered a level of personality that I think she may have been lacking other than I am a monster. She's got that personality. She's got that sort of straight edge to the comedy vibe as well. I think overall, her run, if it was to get experience, to get in-ring reps, to be able to develop as a character, I think this run can only be described as a success, even if she didn't win any of the championships. She won the Tag League, and I think her development is clear for everyone to see. Rob, you got to think, you know, let's let's back this up a little bit. Her debut, and it's none of really her fault, literally came at the worst time possible. You have one of the best shows in stardom history, night one of the five-star Grand Prix, and with Saya Kamatani's injury, and everybody is like a hush upon the crowd, and then she comes and she attacks the world of stardom champion. And again, not many people know who who she was. And even if they knew who she was, outside of Mercedes Monet maybe attacking Tam, I don't think anybody w- really would have, I don't mean to sound disrespectful, cared because everybody was worried about Saya Kamatani. Like literally even like Utami, who was like the one that introduced her to the group. It was just like, you can tell she's looking at her friend Saya. Like it was a real life moment. So it was just like, her debut again really no fault of her own really really came at the worst time possible but again you can't delay it you're there you have to do the angle it just unfortunately an injury happened and just happened to have and have it happened to have excuse me happen at the main event of this phenomenal show so it was like you're kind of starting from you know ground zero and then it just build 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 they did a great job building her for tam I think a lot of us thought, okay, once Tam beats her, like she's gonna, she'll go back to the states, and she stayed over in Stardom and uh, just developed as a wrestler, as a character, as a personality. Had those two phenomenal musty matches with Julia. Had some great tag stuff with Micah as part of Divine Divine Kingdom, especially in that final match with Crazy Star. Basically, had like the you know the the uh, good cop bad cop duo with May Sarah. Literally, to the point when you watch these multi-person matches, you know you pretty much know how the end of these matches are gonna happen. Whatever team is on the other side, you're like, okay, who's the pin eater here? You know not only they eating the F5, but it's going to end with a whole bunch of people doing dives. May going up to Megan Bain trying to say something to her, and then Megan Bain just deadlifting uh, May up and just throwing her onto everybody that's on the outside and then taking the pin eater and then F5 in them for the three count. Obviously, she threw the clown. She was down with the clown. We <laughs> will never forget probably the best F5 uh, from her. And it was starting to like laugh because it just seemed like I, I remember watching it. If you go back and watch it again, you think that your freed froze for half a second because she throws poor freaking death in the air like so fast, so hard that she almost levitates there for a second. Like when EO did that moonsault and the, that Thunder Rock uh, title match against Kyrie and Mako Satomaru, you're like, wait a minute, like literally just fucking death just defined gravity. I guess when you're an alien clown, you can do that. But like, it's been nothing to answer your question absolutely overachieved and the rumors are true that when she comes back to the stage she's going to AEW she's a made person I mean she literally from the moment she cuts the curtain and obviously AEW they're a billion dollar company they'll have bigger production than stardom so when she cuts the curtain and you have all that entrance and all pop pop and circumstances on Megan Bain. You have someone that's tall, that's good looking, that has a presence, that has an aura. And then the bell rings and she can go with any style wrestler, whether it's the faster style, whether it's the harder hitter style, whether it's somebody that's going to suplex her. I mean, we've seen that she's been able to, I mean, in the, the match with Aphrodite, again, we'll talk about she German suplexed 
Utami and Sai Kamatani at the same time. She can do a top rope moonsault. We saw that in the match with Julie. You know, she knows psychology. She has her timing down. So she was good coming in, but coming out of this start and run, I mean, she's just A++. And I expect her to have a huge year, you know, working with the Tony Storms, working with the Sheetas, uh, et cetera, um, in AEW. So I'm excited to watch her on my TV, whether that's every Friday, whether it's every Saturday, whether that's every Wednesday. Uh, she'll be one that I'll definitely uh, keep an eye out for for her AEW run. But um, her starting run was nothing that nothing nothing more than a home run, catching the home run and then hitting a grand slam. I mean, A plus plus for me, my friend. Someone I want to talk a little bit about is Tekla. Now, Tekla did an interview with uh, Lyric Wrestling of SES Scoops, and it was really quite enlightening because even though. Uh, she made it quite clear that, you know, she was taking a hiatus from stardom. She hadn't really had a break since she debuted for stardom, hadn't really had a break since she started wrestling in Japan. That, you know, it sounded like she was going to come back, potentially. However, the interview that she has given with SES Scoops um, uh, sort of gives us a very different complexion. I'm just going to read a little bit of... Um, an extract of this interview. It's a fantastic interview by Lyric Wrestling, so definitely go and check it out on SES Scoops. I think Fightful have also tweeted our link to it. But um, on working in the United States and potential dream opponents, they, starter management, know that I'm really interested in going abroad and going to the States. I've made that very clear. So I don't know yet what's planned for that upcoming stardom American dream show in Philadelphia, but I would love, love to go for sure. About dream opponents, one in the mix is obviously Mercedes Monet. Um, she then also goes on to mention Becky Lynch. She goes on to mention Charlotte Flair. She also mentions Athena as well, um, which is great because Athena's had an absolutely fa or did have a fantastic year as well. And it just got me thinking, Matt, that maybe with Julia leaving, is Tekla going to be on the outs as well? Apparently, her contract is up very, very soon. So is she the next one that we see leave on the back of the Dangerous Queen? The possibility, my friend. I mean, it's it's something... I mean, there's no downs on Mundo. Where does she fit in with any faction, you know, at this point? I think her taking time off to kind of refresh herself, obviously get her body healthy and her mind healthy, that's the most important thing. But you can maybe see doing what Unagi did. Go bet on yourself. Go work for any other Japanese company. Go work in England. Go work in the States. Maybe get uh, a, some work with Ring of Honor and maybe get that match with Athena. You know, have her come in and, and just do a program that maybe helps sell Ring of Honor, Honor Club subscriptions. There's a lot she can do. She speaks multiple languages. She works multiple styles. She's fantastic in the ring. She's a great interview. She's a great promo. She's another one that has that presence. So she could be another one. She might tell Stardom, like, hey, you know, I'll, if you want me in a year or two, I can come back, but I want this experience maybe wrestling in the States or going, you know, to Canada or Mexico to, you know, work some lucha or, or something. But she's something, somebody that's so talented, she can go anywhere and make a splash. But I think that right now she's doing the right thing, taking a little bit of time off, you know, heal her mind, heal her body. And who knows, we're going to see Tekla pop up in 2024. I think she's certainly got all the tools to be that superstar. For me, the team of Mafia Bella 
was one of the best things about the tag league. Both her and Julia working as that tag team had such an energy. And I'm certainly not suggesting that she just follow wherever Julia goes. I think, you know, Tekla has been one of those people who has sort of been overshadowed by the star power in Donna Del Mondo at times. Um, and I think it would be interesting if she did go out, maybe work the US Indies for a bit maybe work the Japanese indies for a bit, really rise, raise her own profile. I'd love to see her stay in stardom because I'm a huge Tekla fan. I really am. And I think she's improved massively. And I think, you know, as I said before, the Mafia Bella stuff showed that she has that star power to do the NXT, the WWE, or maybe even turn up in AEW. Then, you know, then she's made. I'd love to stay, see her stay in stardom from a purely selfish point of view, but it's exactly the same as Julia. You know, ultimately, we want these competitors to be happy. We want these competitors to reach their potential. If Tekla thinks that her potential can be reached somewhere else, more power to her, and we will be supporting her the entire way um, because, you know, she's fantastic and thoroughly, thoroughly deserves it. And, you know... Looking back on it, Matt, if if this is the end of Tekla, do you think she got a fair rub in stardom? Do you think she got the opportunities she deserved? No, because we didn't get a chance to see her in any of the five stars. I know she was slated to be in the 2022 five star. She got injured in that high speed match with the Zumi and just never got cleared in time. And then I just, I mean, I don't think it's really on. It's I, it just. What's the word? What, what am I looking for to say? It's basically just the timing just never worked. I just think with how stacked stardom was and they had so many different stories and angles going on that she never got a proper like singles run. Obviously, she did a great job teaming with Mafia Bella. You just mentioned it with Julia. They had a nice little artist of stardom run, you know, with Julia and uh, May Sakurai. But it's just I just I just think the timing just didn't work out. I would love to see her in a five star. I would love to see her going a little bit deeper, won the Cinderella tournaments. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying it's a missed opportunity from stardom. I just think that any time that she was called upon to do something, she hit it out of the park. But again, at the same time, I would love to see what a Tekla run in the five star Grand Prix would have looked like, especially in 2022 when you had an absolutely crazy loaded field. So it's just. You know, maybe a missed opportunity, but it's not. I don't think it's all on stardom. It's just that sometimes you, the timing doesn't work out. No, and I feel like I misspoke with that. I feel like how the way that her and Mirai debuted, you look at that debut with the weird Momo masks, and they made such a big deal of of these Momo attacks. And you look at what Mirai has done, and then you look at what Tekla has done, and they're not really comparable. You know, Mirai has gone on to win two Cinderella tournaments, has been in the mix for five-star Grand Prix, has won the Wonder of Stardom Championship as main evented pay-per-views. And then you look at Tekla, and they're not really comparable. And I think Tekla is a fantastic wrestler. You know, I'm not saying she should have won the five-star or have won the Cinderella tournament or have won the red belt. It just would have been nice to see her as an opponent for a white belt challenge. You know, as an opponent for a red belt challenge, yes, you wouldn't win it, absolutely. But give her that opportunity to really show off what she can do because I think you're absolutely right, Matt. That 2022 five-star could have been so pivotal to Tekla's run because she was hot off the back of this debut. She'd won the SWA belt um, as well. So she'd won that singles championship. But I think she never really regained a footing properly in that push once she got injured. And that's a real shame. But yeah, whatever whatever 
happens with Tekla, we wish her nothing but the best. Fingers crossed she is in Philadelphia. Matt, let's talk then a little bit about um, the shows that we're going to talk about because this weekend may have been one of the most stacked weekends of wrestling I've ever come across because on top of there being Collision and Battle of the Belts on AEW, you had Battle in the Valley from New Japan taking place. You also had Hard to Kill from TNA and you had Stardom as well and i know that obviously stardom you can't watch live but that is a lot of wrestling for one person to consume um uh, we're gonna do first of all before we talk about any of the shows what were you watching on saturday night saturday night i was watching the nfl playoffs actually <laughs> to be honest with you Matt, um, baby, just... brother, come on <laughs> what are you doing to me Actually, I was watching the NFL playoffs, and in between, I was doing some homework for the Patreon. I was watching a whole bunch of Hazuki and Kagama FWC stuff. So, truth be told, that was that. I did get to catch the Julia versus Trisha Dora match, though. Did you indeed? Okay, well, that's what we're actually going to. We're going to New Japan Battle in the Valley 2024, 13th of January from the San Jose Civic Center in San Jose, California. 2,147 people in attendance um uh, also on the card some really really good matches the final three matches eddie kingston versus gabe kidd fantastic john moxley versus shingo brilliant and obviously okada and osprey um you know it's okada and osprey i mean you know <laughs> come on um but the match we're going to focus on was match five julia's defense of the new japan strong women's championship and she succeeded defeating trish adora with the northern lights bomb in 13 minutes and two seconds so matt this match um i will openly say i didn't know a great deal about trisha dora before this match um in fact when i say a great deal i knew very i literally nothing about trish adora in this match and i was wondering how do you think she fared in this match I thought she fared pretty well. I thought uh, her and Julia, obviously, Julia had uh, some really good star power going into this match. We actually have some notes, Rob Goodwin, from uh, one of our listeners over on the Stardom cast. I'm just going to pull them up. Um, for the, the, note, the note, And again, I may butcher this name. It actually looks like it's an easy name to get, so I might get it. The notes were from our listener, Thomas Beyer that uh, he was over at this uh, Battle in the Valley show. He gave me some notes on all of them, on a good majority of the matches, and actually sent a video of Will Ospreay's uh, entrance. So thanks, Thomas, for sending those out. But he basically said that when Julia came out, everybody there uh, in San Jose knew who she was, incredible star power, and that she will adapt very well to the uh, U.S. audience, depending on wherever she goes when her contract is up, whether it's WWE, NXT, AEW, uh, so on and so forth. But... um. And thank you, Thomas, for sending over those notes. And thank you for the fantastic support. We uh, greatly appreciate you. And thanks for the kind words you said. He did say, told me to tell you that you do amazing work. Oh, so there you go, thank buddy. Thank you, Thomas. I'm appreciate get, that. Get, getting you over, brother. Um, <laughs> I thought she worked out fairly well. Uh, sometimes when you have these matches ups uh, with different 
you have wrestlers from different countries. Obviously, we know Julie has done a great job at expanding, you know, her English, uh, you know, the English language. But sometimes you can have little language barriers, even though sometimes wrestling can be, you know, a worldwide language. I thought Trish and Julia worked out very well together. Julia worked a little bit more of an American style in this match. And by that, I mean taking her time. You know, she she was over from the moment she cut the curtain. She was over. Uh, you can tell Trish, she had a, you can tell she was fired up. You can kind of tell that she had a little nerves going on because this has got to be the biggest match in her career on this big stage, wrestling for New Japan Championship against what is probably going to be the biggest free agent in all of wrestling in 2024. Uh, I thought she delivered. I thought she was great here. I think there was a lot of new eyes on Trisha Dora, and a lot of those people are going to watch what she's doing next. I know she wrestles quite a bit on Ring of Honor. I don't know if she's signed to an AEW Ring of Honor deal, but if I was Tony Khan and the brass, I would definitely uh, sign her up as soon as possible before somebody else does. Uh, Julia gave her a lot. You know, we talk, we talk at nausea on this podcast that when Julia's wrestling somebody too, that's, I don't mean to say below her, but like, so again, that's the middle of the card. We've seen her do it with Han and we see her do it with, with a lot of these rookies, you know, when Miyu first started wrestling, that she's able to give her opponents a lot in the match. And then to ultimately beat them at the end, which again, you're building up your opponent in the match. That makes Julia have to overcome some adversary towards the end. And that's basically what this was. It was a very Julia style match, which is a good thing because it made Trish look really, really good. And at the end, it was, uh, she fell victim as everybody does, my friend to the Dangerous Queen's Northern Lights Bomb. Solid match. I wish it would have went maybe a little bit longer. Uh, went 13 minutes. I would have really liked it, but maybe 15, 16 to kind of flush out their story. But I really, really enjoyed it. I gave it three and three-fourth stars. Yeah, I think there was bits I certainly like. I think it started quite slowly, if I'm being, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, there was a lot of sort of unnecessary give and take a little bit. Um, but the moment they went outside and just started throwing each other over their heads in suplexes, the match really kicked into the gear that we wanted it to get into. Um, by the time Julia pinned Trish, the match had really heated up for me. Um, so yeah, it was three and a quarter stars. It's, I'd say one of Julia's weaker title defenses. Um, but you look at that run, you know, the Megan Bain match was great. Azumi match was great. Um, the one it's, um, the multiverse United two show, which you of course were at Matt, um, was a really, really good match. Um, even the Amisori match and the high end match were really good. I think this is just below them, but that's not a knock on Trisha Dora, who I thought did, thought did a pretty good job. If I'm being perfectly honest. Um, uh, did you manage to watch any of the other card, any of the rest of the card, Matt? No, I wanted it. I mean, like I said, I just didn't get an opportunity to, but I'm assuming from what everybody told me, how Okada and Osprey, how can that not be great? I'm afraid I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's uh, Osprey's last match as a full-time member of the new Japan roster, as I believe his contract is up in a month. So, what a way to go out uh, than Okada. And obviously I heard Moxley and uh, was it, it was Moxley and Shingo, right? It was Moxley and Shingo just beating the ever loving hell out of each other. It was great. I heard that was great. And then who won the, uh, who's the number one contender? Is it uh, Steph Vacker? It is indeed Steph Vacker. That was literally going to be my next point. I knew where you were going, brother. I, I took know. my time. I, I, I Memphis did. I stalled to get there. That's what you I did. did. I love it. You did. <laughs> um, yes. Stephanie Vacker on the pre-show. Um, came out on top in her match to become the new number one contender to the New Japan Strong Women's Championship. We've talked about it before, you know, the fact that Julia is leaving. 
stardom. She is leaving uh, New Japan as a result, especially if she goes to WWE. So she will need to drop that title. Um, we talked last week about how that could potentially be Stephanie Vacker. Um, uh, you know, whether it is Stephanie Vacker, I don't know. Um, you know, has she got the star power? Maybe not. Does she need heating up? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know enough about the world of Lucha and things like that. Um, I think she's great, but, you know, it does depend on what they're going to do with Julia. Is there one big money match, no pun intended, that you can that you can get out of Julia before she leaves for her to drop the title? Because as good as Stephanie Vacker is, and I, you know, I think she would be a good champion. Is she that money match? Probably not. I I think she could be in a couple of months, but I don't think she's quite on on Julia's level, and I'm sure people will agree on that and that's no slight on uh, Stephanie Vacker because she is really really good and every time I see her she is getting better um let's move on then Mr Matt Turner and we'll move on to the stardom show in Anjo which is of course home of Tam Nakano who is at this show um we were in the Tosho Arena in Anjo on the 8th of January in front of 274 people the results are as follows. We open with a tag team match, Yuzuki and Saya Kamatani defeating Rani Agami and Saya Ida. Saya Kamatani pinning Rani Agami with the Sem Pukyaku in 9 minutes and 14 seconds. Nailed it. Uh, tag team match followed. Micah and Hanako defeated Sayaka Kurora and Mina Shirakawa. Micah pinning Sayaka Kurora with the Suzanka in 7 minutes and 15 seconds. Um, Crazy Star, Suzu Suzuki and Meisera defeated the Raiwa Tokyo Towers, Amisori and Lady C. Suzu Suzuki pinning Lady C with a tequila shot in 8 minutes and 30 seconds. In a tag team match, Queen's Quest team of Azumi and Utami Hayashishita defeated the team of Julia and Mei Sakurai. Um, Utami pinning Mei Sakurai with the German suplex in 10 minutes and 47 seconds. And then we had a pair of six-woman tags to close out the show, the first of which saw the team of Seoriano, Megan Bain and Yuna Mizumori defeat the God's Eye team of Siori, Marai and Saki Kashima. Seoriano pinning Saki Kashima with the Potering in 9 minutes and 39 seconds and began what was a fairly torrid run of results for Saki Kashima over these last three shows. Um, and then in the main event, the Stars team of Mayu Otani, Hazuki and Hanan defeated the Oeratai team of Natsukatora, Starlight Kid and Ruwaka with Hanan pinning Ruwaka with the backdrop hold in 11 minutes and 52 seconds. Not a single match over 12 minutes, Matt. It was a short show, but it was a decent show. Yeah, I thought it was good, and I just kind of want to make mention on the first two matches, what I mentioned at pretty much the start of the show. Sayakamatani and Yuzuki. Yuzuki, you're being mentored by Sayakamatani, and what do you do? You go with Mayu. Breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. <laughs> Reg- uh, regardless, really good stuff there. And again, um, we talked about where uh, Sayaka Kuroa is going to end up. You know, we mentioned last week, and you mentioned the start of the show, partner, that she fits Cosmic Angels. With this show and the next show we're going to talk about, her and Mina as a tag team are really, really good for a few different reasons. Number one, so they come out, right, to Mina's music, and Mina does the dance. And Sayaka, God bless her, she's, she stares at her for the first, like, five or six seconds. 
and you're like, oh, this is Waka all over, right? She's just going to stay. And then when it gets, like, obviously, the, uh, I know nothing about dancing. I am not, you know, I, <laughs> I have two left feet. But when it, gets, when it gets to the part where I guess it gets a little easier in the dancing, that's where Karora comes in. And she actually is able to go move for move with Mina. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, maybe that fits there. Obviously, in the ring for me, the entrance is great. Don't get me wrong. The, it, what happens in the ring for me is the most important because Mina sets uh, Sayaka up for her big moves. And she's only got a couple. She's got that springboard arm drag. She does the spear. She only has a few because she's a rookie. But Mina is so smart in not only her offense or in her opponent's offense, but it, what she's doing in these tags. You know, we've seen her do it with tagging with Waka. We saw the way that her and Unagi towards the end of the uh, 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 pink, uh, uh, pink Kabuki, what they were able to do. But what she does here with uh, Sayaka again in this match and, and uh, the match we'll talk about in a little bit is she sets her up perfectly where to put her moves in where it makes sense and what's going to get the most reaction. And I literally wrote a note after the uh, second match that I think that Sayaka Karora would be perfect for Club Venus. One, they need members. Two, her and Mina Shirakawa have instant chemistry, which once again just goes to show how great Mina is. When you have taking somebody that's had less than 10 matches, give or take, and you're able to put their moveset and work it well with your moveset, I would love to see Sayaka Karora end up in Club Venus. They certainly need the members, um, and she certainly fit in. Uh, you know, you think about the likes of a Mariah May, a Zaya Brookside, Maybe she is of that style. Maybe she is of that ilk. Um, I wouldn't necessarily be disappointed where she ended or whether it's Cob uh, Cosmic Angels or Club Venus. I feel like it's you know much of a muchness around those two factions. But ultimately, you know, the sooner she gets into a faction, same with Rani Ugami and Hanako, um, you are learning then from people in your in your faction. You know, if she's in Cosmic Angels, she's learning from the likes of Sioriano, she's learning from the likes of Tam, she's learning from the likes of Natsupoy. In Club Venus, she's learning from Mina Shirakawa, which is, you know, which is great. So uh, wherever she ends up, um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yes, that team I did enjoy, Yuzuki and uh, Sayakamatani, which of course made it all the more bitter that she chose stars but maybe that's a storyline plot map maybe that's where they're going with it maybe that's the the crux of a mayu iwatani versus sayakamatani main event at the end of the year oh or for some or maybe for the uh the show or for all-star grand queendom for the uh, iwgp championship even though i think it's going somewhere else which we'll get into at the end of this show but rob can i talk about match four leading into segment four sir of course please do now, obviously, the match is great. It's Utami, it's Izumi, it's Julia, and it's my Sakurai, right? However, what me and my wife like to do is, if time permitting, at 7 o'clock, we like to watch Jeopardy together. And, I, and I'm not very good at it. If, if there's, like, a sports question or a ba or band category, I do fairly well with it. So we get done eating dinner, and I just start this match, and I have the iPad, and I have my notebook. I'm taking notes. She said, hey, 7 o'clock's coming up. Do you want to watch this match? Do you want to watch Jeopardy? I said, hold on. Let me watch this match. I press the thing. It's a 23-minute segment, something like that. I said, it'll end two minutes at 6.58. So two minutes before Jeopardy starts. It's perfect. So this match is really good. Obviously, Otami and Julia, before Julia leaves, that's the match. Maybe to answer your question before, who does Julia drop the strong championship to? I would not be heartbroken if it's Otami and we see Otami with um, not only a tag run with Saya, but we see her doing a run with the New Japan Strong Belt. Obviously, Sakurai, she's fantastic. She fits very well in with Julia. Great match. Three and three-fourth stars. 
However, I want to. I, I like to let everybody in a little bit on on my personal life because this is going to be funny. I know you're going to get a pop out of this. So the match ends, and I'm like, there's still six minutes left in the segment. That's weird. Maybe it got cut wrong. And all of a sudden, the announcer makes an announcement. I don't know what he's saying because I don't speak Japanese. And you see all the cameras and everybody turn to the front, and then you hear. And I'm like, oh, and now I'm sitting on the couch with my iPad, right? And all of a sudden, you can just see the ire of my wife, who is the complete opposite of walking the Tam Road, my friend. She's like, oh, God. I was like, oh, I said, this this is what this last segment, six minutes is, or whatever the segment is. She's like, really, six minutes of Tam? I got to put up with six minutes of Tam. So Tam comes out, and, and I take the iPad, and I turn it just a little bit towards my wife. She gets in the ring and she's like, oh, she's dressed so terribly. She looks like she's going to ask you to put your luggage up over seat C-19. <laughs> Flight attendant, Tam. I love it. <laughs> I was dying. I literally have a note here. Tam making a parents must talk about why she slandered a Tam. No, obviously. <laughs> I have to completely go the, the, the complete opposite route. I'm like, oh, my God. I said, she looks like an angel. I said, that's why she's the cosmic angel. I said, look at her. I said, oh, my God. I said, if she was a flight attendant, I go, I would melt in my seat. I was like, the plane can go down. I wouldn't even care. I was like, look at her. Look how happy she looks. And she's so happy to be back in a stardom ring. And I was like, oh, I can't wait for her to come back. I said, you think my life's good now? I said, you just wait until Tam comes back to start wrestling. I said, you think I'm super bubbly and positive? I said, you just like, oh, jeez. She's like, as if, you, as if you couldn't get any more annoying. And we watched Jeopardy, and I smoked her in Jeopardy, Rob. You know why? Because I believed in Tam, buddy. <laughs> the power of Tam. Right, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, we have just, in the last two minutes, basically booked a Yuzuki on a pole match and have shown you the true power of Tam. If you believe in Tam, you can beat your wife in jeopardy. It's uh, it's that easy to believe in Tam. I mean, that's not where I thought this podcast was going, Matt, but uh, but sure, but sure. Um, yes, Tam did come out, address the people, and as we've already discussed, she will be returning to a stardom ring on the 4th of February at Supreme Fight. Matt, what else is worth checking out on this and Joe show? The last two matches, God's Eye versus Megan Bain, Soriano, and Yuna Mizumori. That was really good. Again, Yuna continues to improve and press. She really maximized every second she's in the ring. And um, obviously, we saw some more Sayori versus Mirai stuff, which I absolutely love. Their three matches from last year. But um, I have a note in here. Shuri versus Soriano. Let's, let's get that. Let's get that in a ring somewhere, whether it's for the Wonder of Stardom Championship or just a singles match that they would. Again, they're booking all these shows non-pay-per-view non-corkin shows pay-per-views they're really booking them you know as if they're bit you know big big major shows let's go to shuri versus sayoriano match on one of these shows i would love to see it yuna and mirai just crushing each other and then megan bain just plucking you know what other how else can this match end right you got megan bain in there sayori and shuri doing great stuff yuna mirai are just crushing each other with lariats but of course it ends with Megan Bain just uh or no I'm sorry it wasn't Megan Bain it was Soriano um with the uh, the potter ring on Saki Kashima I thought there was one point where they did tease she was going to f5 uh poor Saki Kashima she might have wound up very much like her former tag partner in Fuki and Death you know floating <laughs> in the air but she might have been that's not for me brother but I thought I thought that match was really good it was my second favorite match of the of the show I had it in 3 3/4 three, three, stars but my favorite match of the show 
was the main event of the stars team of Mayu, Hazuki, uh, Han, and um, versus Starlight Kid, Ruaka, and Natsuko Tora. Tora just uh, really just continues to impress me. Uh, ever since he, she kind of got off to a little bit of a slower start. And we knew she would with that knee injury in the 2022 uh, Gaza Stardom Tag League. But it really seemed like she's picked up a lot of momentum going in and coming out of the five-star Grand Prix. Her Momo Watanabe as a tag team, they were great. You know, we mentioned a few weeks ago they had a great title challenge against Aphrodite at Dream Queendom. And here, in the, as part of the six-person team with Starlight Kid and Ruaka, I thought was really good. They did a great job highlighting Starlight Kid in this match to really pump her up. Uh, you know, as she's uh, getting ready to challenge Sayori Anu for that uh, Wonder of Stardom Championship. Yeah, uh, really good match. That was my favorite match of the show. And they did, they very much liked it in the Wonder Rumble in Corican Hall. They did a great job spotlighting Starlight Kid versus Hanan. So maybe that's a match somewhere we'll get down the line. Considering the fact that their combined age is like 41, I'm assuming that that's a feud we're going to be seeing for a major championship somewhere in the next two or three years. Uh, three and three fourth stars for me, my friend. Yeah, I don't think I'd be disappointed if we saw that anywhere, really. Um, that Hannon and Starlight Kid partnership, you can really build on that now. You know, you've already got them facing off as part of this um, 13th anniversary tag match. You can build on the fact that it was Starlight Kid who eliminated Hannon last to face Sioriano for the white belt. Um, the chemistry is fantastic. I think you know, you've got that additional heat between, you know, Hazuki and Natsukatora. They always have really, really, really fiery matches. This history with Oedetai, this history with Natsukatora being Hazuki's final match before retirement. Mayu and Natsukatora, Mayu and Starlight Kid. You know, that sort of partnership is always going to be great, and it was here. I thought that was a really interesting thing you just brought up. Sayoriano versus Suri for the white belt. Because I believe the white belt is the only belt in stardom that Suri hasn't held apart from the high speed belt. You know, that she's eligible. Future. That she's eligible. Oh, damn it. Beat you, you, know, you, knew, you knew I was going to go. You're like, Matt, walk through this door. I'm going to slam it in your face. <laughs> Bam. See, the Don Fry fight has... The Don Fry fight, yes, the Don Fry fight has really made you a more aggressive person. I love it, and I think I think that's for the best. I think it's what was needed was certainly to up my aggression level um, ahead of this football match tonight. Um, oh my god! Um, anyway, so it's interesting because there's such a clash of styles there between Seoriano and Suri, and I think they would complement each other so so well but also who would you have win suri is incredibly well protected you know aside from the loss to mayu which i think everyone expected you know a loss to mayu isn't going to harm anyone in stardom it's mayu but would you want suri ultimately and i know this is going a little bit off track you look at what we call grand slam champions and i know you know Without winning the high-speed belt, Suri isn't going to be one, but this is about as close as you're going to get. Do you think Suri deserves to be a Grand Slam champion? Do you think she deserves to be looked on in that same sort of breath as, you know, as Io and Mayu? Rob, I'm going to play devil's advocate, and I'm going to say that uh, no matter which way you go, it's a win-win. You go the you can go the old TLD. You can this Sherry deserve to answer your question: Does she deserve to be a Grand Slam champion? Absolutely. Um, again, a lot of this when it comes to when I'm watching this, kind of in my own bubble, 
a lot of stuff I'll refer to my wife to, and she's very big on Shiri winning the World of the Wonder of Stardom Championship, just based on what Saya did with the belt in 2022, and then what Shiri did with the red belt in 2022. Like, why wouldn't you build Shiri up? It's just, it's just going to make that belt better. Like, when EO won back the white belt after she had that mammoth run with the uh, the red belt, you you just made the white belt that much more important. And then she loses to Momo after they built Momo back up in the beginning of 2018. It would almost be kind of like the similar psychology here that now it's like you can li- – now it's like you have a belt on Sherry. You have the white belt on Sherry that's been – that has been built up really, really well, really in its entire history, but really since 2018, it's just been hit after hit after hit after hit with the Wonder of Stardom Championship. And now you can literally main event any show, any pay-per-view with her with the uh, Wonder of Stardom Championship. And you're again, you're making her Grand Slam champion. On the other side, if Sarah Anu is signed full-time to stardom, you have Sayoriano go over Sherry Clean, in which I'm sure will be nothing short of an instant classic. And then you're building not only Soriano up more, but you're building the white belt up even more, considering the fact that you're beating one of the greatest wrestlers, not just in stardom, but in all of wrestling, coming off a phenomenal run with the uh, with the red belt back in 2022. If that's the way that they go with it, again, it's a win-win-win. Or they could just be like, we don't know what we're going to do. We're just going to have it go 30 minutes. I don't, I'm not going to say no to a 30-minute match with Soriano and Sherry, but I would... Again, Stardom does a great job building these matches up, these multi-person matches, and a good chunk of that match was Shuri versus Soriano. And I don't know if just when they were putting it together, that's what made the most sense, or if it's somewhere where they're going down the line. Regardless, I thought it was very interesting to see the two of them pair up. Let me change the question, then. Do you think she will win the wine belt one day, or do you think there is too many in the queue already? For the white belt. You know, we've talked so long and hard about Hazuki. We've talked about, you know, Starlight Kid needing that moment. We've talked about the elevation of Azumi. Of course, Sayoriano is currently holding the belt, which brings Natsupoi into that conversation. If you are stardom, where does Suri sit in that pecking order for the white belt? Yes and yes, Rob. I think she will win the white belt, but there is too many people in the queue, maybe in a year or two, depending on what she wants to do. Um, You know, depending, again, we don't know. We see a lot of movement with some of these stardom wrestlers over the last handful of years. I think she's perfect for the stardom, hard-hitting Japanese style. Maybe she kind of wants to do what Nakamura did and kind of slow down her style and go over to the States and learn more of the American style. Sherry's talented enough that she can do really anything she wants and she can go anywhere she wants. Um, I do see her winning the white belt maybe in a year or two. Again, because we have so many in the queue. We have not support. It looks like she's lined up. Uh, Rob, who knows? Maybe Starlight Kid gets it. We thought Starlight Kid, there was a lot. I mean, we just did the, we did the alternate commentary on Starlight Kid versus Saya Kamatani for the white belt uh, about a month or so ago. And I remember going into that match and watching that match. They could have pulled the trigger any second to put on Starlight Kid. We thought she was ready two years ago. And considering the fact that Sirianu isn't supposedly signed, maybe this is just a transitional uh, run to get the white belt onto Starlight Kid. Again, and we'll talk about that more in our preview show in a few weeks. But maybe it's Starlight Kid. Maybe it's not Sepoy. You know, Mina still needs and has earned that long run. Speaking of earning, nobody's earned that white belt more than Hazuki. So that's all in the mix. But then you throw, you throw in the next year or so, you throw Sherry in the mix. Think about this, Robin. All the fantastic listeners of the Stardom cast. Think of the next 18 to 24 months. Your white belt picture is Mirai, Sayorianu, 
Natsupoy, Hazuki, Mina Shurikawa, Shuri, Starlight Kid, Hanan. Come on, folks. That's just money printing money. I mean, really. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, and the human Cadillac, Dorian DeVille. There Throw you go. There you go. He's probably going to be. He's going to probably challenge uh, for the red belt, though. I mean, come on. <laughs> again, again, we need that main event for April, don't we? Let's be honest. Um, I've heard rumors that he is available um, for the Philadelphia <laughs> show, so who knows? Um, uh, let's move on then. Let's talk about this first night of the doubleheader from Osaka. Um, 13th of January 2024, as I've already mentioned, that mammoth day of wrestling. New Year stars 2024 in Osaka, day one from the Eddie and Arena Osaka stadium number two in front of 290 people before we get into the uh the matches and the results there was quite a few empty seats matt that i noticed in uh, in this crowd and this is usually an arena where stardom draw relatively well so was that surprising to you yeah it really was and considering the fact that it's back-to-back nights and considering the fact that again the second night we we're supposed to have that big main event for the goddess of stardom championship and again i don't know what the what the what the draw was or what the seats looked like for the second night. Obviously, Suzu had to pull out of his last minute, so I'm assuming most of the seats were already bought. But considering the fact that again, we've been covering these shows for years and years, and this show, these shows usually in Osaka are usually pretty packed. So I, I and this show was an excellent show. So I don't understand what was the what was the reason for the lower draw. No, it was. Uh... Because the the empty seats were noticeable, and unfortunately, they were on the cam when uh, wrestlers were walking to the ring. So, something to keep an eye on. They did draw a, a few more tonight, too, if if only nine more. Um, but yeah, interesting. Anyway, results are as follows: We opened the singles match. Yuna Mizumori defeated Rani Yagami with a lariat in seven minutes and eight seconds. Mei Sakurai defeated Lady C with the Maipan Roll in six minutes and fifty-one seconds. The Queen's Quest team of Utami Hayashista and Miyu Amasaki defeated Sayaka Karora and Mina Shirakawa. Utami pinning Sayaka Karora in 7 minutes and 28 seconds. Uh, Six-woman tag match next. The Iweratai team of Natsuki Toru Ruwaka and Fukikin Death defeated Meiseira, Hanako and Yuzuki with the O'Connor roll. Fukikin Death pinning Meiseira because it is a multi-woman and you never, ever bet against the clown in a multi-woman uh, in 7 minutes and 6 seconds. This obviously set up the challenge for the high speed belt um the stars team then of Mayu Otani, Hazuki, Hanan and Saya Ida defeated the God's Eye team of Siori Marai, Amisori and Saki Kashima Hanan getting the pinfall over Saki with the backdrop holding 11 minutes and 37 seconds we were never going to go two stardom shows in a row without a time limit draw and that's what we got here um, the first prelude match, the Wonder of Stardom prelude match, Sioriano and Suzu Suzuki versus Black Desire, Starlight Kid and Momo Watanabe, ended in a 15-minute time limit draw. And then in your main event, Divine Kingdom, Micah and Megan Bain defeated Queen's Quest, Sayakamatani and Azumi, with Megan Bain pinning Azumi in 14 minutes and 26 seconds with the F5 couple of things then from this show first thing is those top two matches are great those are the two matches you absolutely need to check out we're going to talk about those in a moment uh Yuna Mizumori 
getting a pinfall victory, something we don't see very often, someone who did extremely well last year without a lot of recognition. Obviously, this match set up Fuki King Death versus May Sarah. Um, and then, of course, we had Hannon getting the pinfall over Saki Kashima, which ultimately means, Matt, that Saya Ida won a match, my friend, on the anniversary of her five years in pro wrestling. Praise the wrestling heavens. Yes, sir. Now, for you, which did you prefer? The main event or the semi-main event? Um, I preferred the main event, but it's okay if I go back to correct you on one little thing that's actually going to be somewhat important, Mr. Rob Goodwin. What have I done wrong, good sir? Oh, it's 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 a okay. It's I don't blame you. It's probably just the information that you got it from. But you said that Fukin Death defeated May Sarah with the O'Connor roll. She actually didn't. She defeated her by countering the Rolling Star, which is May Sarah's <sighs> go-to finishing hold. Which is interesting because I think that's going to play a role and a 2.9999 count in their high speed championship because that I was like oh wow this is this is very interesting because Maysayer does not eat a lot of falls especially not unless it's like a Julia a Megan Bain so on and so forth so they were going back and forth with their high speed uh stuff towards the end and again Fukin Death and I mentioned at the beginning of the show was on point she was fantastic and then she does, Maysayer does the rolling star, which I still don't know physically how it's possible. And when she rolled her over, Fukin Death rolled all the way back over and stacked her for the three count. So I think that's going to play a role into a falsy that I think a lot of people are going to bite on. So with that being said, Mr. Rob Goodwin, I prefer, I'll tell you right now, I gave the co-main event four stars and I gave the main event four and a quarter stars. Um, I like the main event a little bit more. I think they did a great job. On both matches, building towards the uh, Wonder of Stardom Championship match and the World of Stardom Championship match. And that was the whole purpose. It literally said on the graphic, that's the prelude match. But I'm more pumped up for the Saya Kamatani versus Megan Bain match. I think the co-main event, I leaned a little bit more with Mobo. Um, again, Starlight Kid and Soriano is going to be great. And they had great uh, interactions in the match. But there was a part of me that I was like, I really want to see Momo versus Soriano. It's <laughs> the wonder of Stardom Championship match. Maybe this is because I'm just a huge fan of Momo Watanabe, but I thought there was a little bit more of Momo versus Sayori than Sayori versus Starlight Kid, which, don't get me wrong, is going to be great. But the Sai Kamatani and uh, Micah interactions in this main event, again, we talked about it uh, last week. Their match in 2022 for the wonder of Stardom Championship match was amazing. It, I, I, put a youtube video up it was my match of the week of last week go out of your way to watch it and they did a great job building up this match obviously Sai and Izumi, and i think i was going to text you and i was like i'll just talk to him on the podcast like this queen's quest trio of, of these top three and i mentioned it all the time and i know i sound like a broken record obviously saya and utami's the top tag team but when you kind of mix it up and you have saya and azumi or azumi and utami it's still phenomenal. Even Azumi Lady C, O2 line of Azumi and Miyu, uh, even the trio of Lady C, Miyu, and uh, and uh, uh, Rina is fantastic. Excuse me, Hina is fantastic as well. But like Sai and Azumi here, like they just don't miss. They are fantastic. And uh, everything they did with Megan Bain, the match was really good. And again, God bless Azumi because like they ta- she tapped Megan Bain, ta- uh, Micah tags into Megan Bain, and Azumi goes to Sai Kamatani. I got this. It's like, I got this kid. You don't worry about anything. 
And like Megan Bain's a good like seven, eight inches bigger than Azumi. And Azumi's staring up at her. And again, instead of using her at high speed, what does she do? She just starts forming Megan Bain. Like, yeah, keep punching that building, you know? Like, so Absolutely. Let's see if it's going to happen. And again, it's Azumi. I'm never going to, you know, tell Azumi how to wrestle. But I thought that was a really good dynamic. But a good majority of the match was just Saya versus Micah. And again, if that's a preview of what we're getting in two weeks, my friend, uh, again, you're looking at another potential match of the year candidate already from stardom so but how about you my friend oh the main event without a shadow of a doubt um i mean the dynamic between megan bain and azuma was fantastic it was very akin to a smurf trying to knock over a portaloo um <laughs> it was it was pretty incredible but the history between sayakamitani and micah is what does this for me you are building this generational rivalry which can span so many years it's already spanned so many belts so many tournaments and things and i think you know this final final thing for the red belts can be something that is something you can constantly go back to and there was a nice little bit in the uh, press conference which i didn't actually go into which is when micah was talking about how you know she won the belt from suzu suzuki or she won the belt the vacant belt and she was talking about how she wants to beat saya kamatani with move with her own move set as in micah's own move set moves she uses all the time she doesn't want to have to break out something new she wants to beat she wants to prove that she can beat saya kamatani um and i think that's a really cool little story beat as well is micah gonna have to resort to something new to put saya kamatani away or can she beat Sayakamitani with her standard offense? Um, and I think that's a really cool story beat going in. I did enjoy the exchanges between Sioriano and Starlight Kid, but I think, you know, as I've already mentioned, the generational rivalry, the golden generation rivalry, and that history going into it, just it, uh, it appeals more to me than just the Anu and Starlight Kid um, rivalry, which, of course, was primarily built from... Starlight could win the Rumble. However, that being said, both women gel really, really well. Whichever whichever way they try to go, whether they go for a slightly more hard-hitting one, which they, they had some really hard-hitting slap exchanges in this matchup, like, quite surprising, or whether they tend, try to go a high-speed route or an athletic route, both women are capable of doing both those styles. Yes, you had more Momo Watanabe and Suzu Suzuki in this match, so the focus wasn't drawn away from it slightly, but I still think that was a really good match. I think I gave um, that match three and three quarters, and then I gave the main event four, um, because I thought both matches were great. Both did exactly what they put on the tin. The history behind that main event is what makes it for me. However, in ring, I know Sioriano and Starlight Kid will bring it and they will achieve a fantastic match i am sure of it and i know the mat we're going to be talking about um the supreme fight pay-per-view in a couple of weeks um i believe it's the week after next i'm just trying to get my calendar up um yeah it's the week after next so we'll be giving our predictions and stuff then but as it sits right now do you see the y belt or the red belt changing hands do you see uh, any potential surprises coming out of those two matches? Before I answer your question, I just want to say that we talked a lot about Momo, Starlight Kid, and Sayori in that match. Suzu Suzuki was amazing as well. Suzu and Momo violence, yes, please. Yes, absolutely. Um, 
Anywho, obviously, this is not my official uh, prediction. We will get into that. Again, if you watch Stardom, you know they don't like to hot shot their championships, especially the red belt and the white belt. Mike and Serrano, they just won it at the big show at the end of the year. No one really expects either of them to drop it. However, put a little doubt in everybody's mind here, just to get everybody thinking. Again, Serrano is not a, supposedly is not a contract wrestler to Stardom. I really hope she does sign a contract soon if she hasn't already. Maybe this is just a hot shot to put the belt onto Starlight Kid, where maybe they think that there's more money in a Soria Anu versus Starlight Kid match than there would a Mirai versus Starlight Kid. That maybe they think that Starlight Kid's championship match will be better with Soriano versus Mirai. Again, I don't know that. I'm just kind of just throwing it out there. So I'm just kind of putting that, put, put a little down, a little speculation in everybody's head. Now, as far as the world of Stardom Championship, Rob. Do you remember, it was heavily rumored and almost confirmed that one Saya Kamatani was supposed to win the five-star Grand Prix last year, thus main eventing against Tam Nakano. Now, we don't know who was going to walk out of Sumo Hall with the World of Stardom Championship. Maybe it was Saya Kamatani. Maybe they're like, okay, now we have Saya back. She's full strength. She's crushing it with the um, Goddess of Stardom Championship. This was going to be the plan all along. This is the chance to get the belt back to her. Again, that's not my official prediction. But again, stranger things in pro wrestling have happened, my friend. Stranger things have happened. I think of the two belts, the Y belt is certainly more likely to switch hands. You talked about the hot shotting. Um, there are only, um, if I can just get my facts correct, there are only, not including Sayoriano, obviously, there are only three title reigns out of 19, again, not counting Sayoriano, that have been under 100 days. Okay? Three out of 19 have been under 100 days. Two of those were back-to-back in 2023 in Mina Shirakawa and Tam Nakano. Now, I know that we were coming off the back of the 480-day reign of um, Sayaka Matani, and obviously we've just had the 180-day reign of Mirai. Do you think they will go for another hot shot? I mean, that will make it, I believe, the shortest white belt reign ever. Again, it's not my official prediction, because we'll say that. For the uh, for when we do our preview, okay. I don't think so. If you're if you're asking me right now, I don't think either of those belts are changing hands. No. However, kind of what I just said before, it kind of does set up that there is a possibility. Uh, but regardless, both these matches are going to be great. That whole entire show, and we still don't have what's Tazuki doing. You you mentioned, and I didn't know this uh, until you mentioned at the start of the show that Kagama is going to be somewhere in attendance for that show. Is she cleared? Do we see an FWC match on that show? We don't have Saida on that show. There's a lot of, uh, again, there's only six matches that are announced. They could potentially do a tag match or a six-person match or one or two leading up to it. So uh, I'm super jazzed for this show. I mean, Stardom is really firing on all cylinders uh, since the end of the year going into the beginning of this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I like the thought of Mariah and Sayakamitani. I mean, not Mariah and Sayakamitani. Micah and Sayakamitani. Would they do a time? I mean, I don't want them to do a time limit draw. I'd like them to go 2940, 2930, and really drill home that story that these two are about as equal as it is ever going to get. And I think that story 
you know, will then help to, or that story beat will help the storyline endure even longer. I don't think either belt is changing hands either. If I'm being, if I'm being brutally honest, but again, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. My, is there anything else on this card that you would like to talk about? Good, sir. No, I think that was it. And again, I mentioned before, again, Mina and uh, Sayaka worked really well together and was even better here against me, you and Otami, but really those last three matches are kind of the ones to go to. And again, you know, I would, if you have time, definitely watch the exchanges between Fukin Death and May Sarah because you're just like, wow. I mean, if this, again, I think it's going to be a five, like a five, six minute shot out of a cannon match that we're going to get. Uh, and I'm super excited for it. But uh, no, I think we uh, talked about enough, especially those two main event matches were well worth your time and your money. Right then. In that case, ladies and gentlemen, we are actually almost done. Um, which is quite scary considering the fact that we've only been going an hour and a half. Sorry, Colin. But, Matt Turner, before we go anywhere, you know what time it is in the words of Limp Biscuit. It's EO and Kyrie watch. Absolutely, my friend. And very much like the show. Kind of not, I mean, not like the show. The show was fantastic. We gave a lot of information. This is going to be very quick as well because <laughs> they didn't do much on this show, my friend. They didn't do much. Um, Bianca Belair had a match with Bailey, and it was great. Bailey's fantastic. Bianca Belair is one of the best wrestlers in the world, one of the the, the better women's wrestlers. No, women's wrestlers, one of the best wrestlers under a WWE contract. They have a really good match. Of course, Bailey comes out with all members of Damage Control, EO, Kyrie, Asuka, and Dakota Kai. Uh, Bianca doesn't come out with anybody. So I'm watching this match, and as it's unfolding, like, there's going to be some interference. There's going to be some interference. And literally all of Damage Control, they are only parked in front of the commentary table. They don't move around any of the corners, nothing. There's one point where Bianca gets thrown towards the floor towards the end of the match, and Bailey starts yelling to the members of damage control, get her, get her, get her. And the ref sees the signal being called, and he goes over, stares at damage control, and threatens to throw them out. But he can't because they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything. The, uh, Bianca gets back in the match. They are back in the ring. They go back and forth. Bianca hits the KOD, pins Bailey, clean in the ring. They go to a backstage segment where Bailey was just like, how come you guys didn't help me? How come you didn't help me? Dakota Kai was like, the ref was watching. We didn't want you to get DQ'd or get, get to squat or, or, or for us to get thrown out. And then Dakota Kai basically takes Bailey aside and says, look, like you got to win the Royal Rumble. Like we, we know your vision. Your vision is for you to be the champion on SmackDown and for Asuka and Kyrie to win the tag belts. And then for you to win the Royal Rumble and then go over to Raw and win the Raw belt at WrestleMania, like you need to start putting uh, wins together back and forth. So it does seem like they're planting the seeds for somewhat of a breakup. Again, I'm assuming Bailey wins the Rumble, and then instead of challenging Rhea Ripley, she challenges EO and the match that we get in Philly. Again, that's really it. There was not much interaction with EO and Kyrie, but it was a really good match with Bailey and Bianca Belair, as I'm a big fan of both those wrestlers. Thank you very much. So next week, ladies and gentlemen, we will be bringing you the show from the 14th with that special tag between Aphrodite and um, something's just fallen. I don't know what that was. Terrifying, but there we are. Um, Aphrodite versus Azumi and Maysera. We're also going to talk to you about the awards weekend, including that artist of stardom challenge from stars and the high speed championship match between Maysera and um fuku can death all of that is to come next week all in as we uh, continue the road 
to Stardom Supreme Fight. But, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of this relatively short episode of the Stardom Cast. I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone that listens to this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, if you want to support us, you can by leaving us a review and a comment on the podcast app of your choice. We are physically everywhere so it truly does help us out um if you are a patreon thank you very very much your support is incredible and we cannot thank you enough patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast if you want to support us further and have even more episodes with me and matt talking nonsense over the top of them you can also check out the website www.thestardomcast.weebly.com which i am hoping to get the domain www.thestardomcast.com and attach it to that website so fingers crossed that will be happening in the next couple of weeks as well i'm constantly updating those spreadsheets so that you have got all of the information you need to start getting into stardom so please check those out um uh, if you want to talk to me on twitter you can at real rob goodwin if you want to find the stardom cast anywhere on social media or indeed on youtube you can just type in the stardom cast and you will find us matt turner sounds off good sir Absolutely. Don't forget, folks, to check out our merchandise page. Rob has updated with some fancy new graphics, including our new logo is on a T-shirt and a pullover hoodie. Now, I do want to make mention, I know there's a lot of the listeners that are going to the show in Philadelphia, WrestleMania weekend. If we pull up to the ECW arena and you are wearing a Stardom Cast shirt and or hoodie, I will personally buy you a beer, or if you're not a beer drinker of age, or a drink. So, again... I know there's a lot of people that are inquiring about the shirts. If you want to wear them to the ECW arena for the stardom show, come over, you know, show, hey, Matt, look, I got the shirt. We'll take a selfie, whatever you want. I will buy you a drink. Now, speaking of the new logos, I accidentally ordered too many of the new logo, the colored version of, uh, of our new logo on the stickers. They, I, I ordered one for on the stardom cast email and then my personal email, and I was like, I don't even know how I did that. I couldn't do that if you paid me. So what I'm trying to say, folks, is I'm going to have a lot of these stickers. I will be shipping these stickers out domestically for $2 shipped per sticker. So if anybody wants the new Stardom Cast logo on the colored version, just uh, send me a message, and I will ship those out to you for $2 a sticker. If you want more than one sticker or if you want the black and white version, uh, let me know. We'll work something out. With that being said, folks, thank you so much for your support. We greatly appreciate it. Any questions, comments, anything you need from me, uh, hit me up on the Instagram and or the Twitter. It would It's uh, Matt Turner OF, again, on the Instagram and or the Twitter. You want to shoot me an email, that's perfectly fine as well. The Stardomcast22 at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me via email. Folks, thanks again. Greatly appreciate the support. Appreciate all the new listeners of the podcast. Can't do this without you because, like I always say, it's just not my podcast. It's our podcast. Because we're all us together, and everybody's different, everybody's special.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited-edition, ultra-low net-carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.